Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to The Connection, a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa dematis Lapore and Ann Baldwin. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Connection. As you just heard in the introduction, um, I am Ann Baldwin, one of the hosts of this program, joined by Lisa dematis Lapore, president and CEO of The Connection. And Lisa, we have a very special guest on the program today, um, a great friend of The Connection and um, a great leader here in our state of Connecticut, in particular in Middletown. And um, Mayor Ben Florsheim, welcome to the program. You came to Middletown in 2010, and you were a student at Wesleyan University. And it says here that you grew up in the Midwest and the Rocky Mountains. What's interesting is I grew up in the Midwest and the Rocky Mountains, so we've got that in common. Um, and you also, you know, said you were curious about politics, and I know um, I've been following uh, you in the media, and you're one of the youngest mayors, I think, if not the youngest mayor in the state of Connecticut and beyond. So um, I guess let's start with your political aspirations and why you decided to get into politics in the first place, Mayor. Yeah, uh, and thank you very much again for, for having me for this conversation. Um, you know, it's interesting. I've been, I have worked with the Connection for a while, as you mentioned, you know, my previous role with, with Senator Murphy's office, um, which, I will, which I will talk about. Um, but, you know, I, I, don't think it is, I don't think it's that dissimilar why I decided to go into politics as, as maybe why people choose to go and work in in your field um you know there's i think that there's uh an impulse to to want to try to help people um in whatever way we're best equipped to do that um i was never going to um be a, a clinician that was not my my dad was it was uh was a psychologist and uh and, and practices and um you know I, I grew up in that environment and i and i knew but I wanted to do something, but I knew that that wasn't my path. And so I started to, you know, I didn't come from a political family, but I started following politics um, when I was in high school. And, uh, and I, was, I was drawn to that. And, and, and as I studied in, in college, I went, you know, I came, as was, as was mentioned, I, I was moving around a little bit as I grew up and, and arrived here in Middletown as a student um, and was studying in the, in the classroom, you know, how political science and history, but, but also um, wanted to, to learn more about really the practice of, of public service um, and at campaigns and governments alike. And so got very involved at the local level, um, got involved in campaigns. That's what led me to my, my role 
um, doing community outreach for for Chris Murphy um, shortly after he was elected to the Senate after being in the House of Representatives. And, um, you know, in that in that role, spent a lot of time working with local government. Uh, you know, I was based here in the state um, and, and spent a lot of time trying to make sure that we were bridging the gap between what Senator Murphy was working on in D.C., um, and, and what was going on here at the, at the local granular level in Connecticut. And that is where, you know, we, we, we started to first work together um, at the connection mm-hmm. when we were working right. on legislation. But, um, but it was that sort of experience of, of seeing local government up close that made it really especially appealing to me because, because it felt like where it felt like the level at which you could make the biggest difference. Um, and, and Middletown is just this incredible community we've seen. I, I have learned. In, in so many ways, just how generous and, and giving we are as a city um, during the past year and, and change of this of this crisis, um, and it's been it's been challenging, but it's also been incredibly rewarding, and that's you know I think the best thing you can you can try to say about a public service career. It's extremely impressive because you are you know very available, and you um, I'm sure you probably hear this all the time about you know quote unquote your age, but truthfully. You're, you have a, such a plethora of experience and knowledge, and you are just so bright and articulate. And, um, you know, it feels good to be um, in Middletown, uh, the connection. And we are really, um, really moved by all of the great work that you're doing. Recently, I know, um, in, uh, last month, you uh, hosted a, distribu- a distribution of fresh food, fresh food for those in need. And uh, I was really moved by seeing you out there and, you know, handing out, um, helping those community members in need and handing out food. And you've been so incredibly responsive with the COVID pandemic in our town. And I just, I think that's so terrific. You really, uh, really have been on top of that with the clinics, et cetera. So how, um, how are you managing that right now? You know, um, how are things going? Uh, Thanks. Thanks for asking. Uh, You know, it's, it's been, it's been an interesting thing to, to try to manage because, uh, and I appreciate your, your again your kind words, um, but uh, but it, it's been it's been a challenging dynamic because um, you've got different different operations and different priorities and different goals uh, <laughs> at the federal level, at the state level, and at the local level when it comes to this COVID response. And and it's interesting that you mentioned the food distribution that we did. Um, we we love doing those events because that is all of those different levels of government and community working in harmony the way that they should be. And the reason I say that is because those are made possible um, by the USDA uh, Farmers to Families program, which provides mm-hmm. the actual funding to purchase the food that winds up getting uh, distributed. And when the USDA reached out to me, I think over the summer, uh, we've done a couple of these over the past few months uh, to say, hey, we'd like to do a farmers to families event in Middletown. Is there anybody you can recommend that we work with on that? Um, it was very easy for me to come up with our volunteer organizations. In this case, it was St. Vincent de Paul uh, and the Amazing Grace Food Pantry and the United Way, because um, I knew that they were experienced in doing this sort of thing, and it came together really, really quickly. And and that's um, that has been sort of my greatest asset in in uh, in running the city over the past year or so. It has been the people um, who, who I have the opportunity to work with. And that's been, that's been to, the, to whatever extent we have succeeded or, or failed um, uh, when it comes to responding to the pandemic, it's been because of the, it's been because of those people who not just uh, who work in the city, but also who, who live in the city and are doing their best to, to give back. And my, 
you know, my first question, the day after the election, I, I came into City Hall, uh, into the mayor's office to sit down with my predecessor, Dan Drew, um, and talk about sort of the transition process. And my first question for him um, was, and this was in November of 2019, uh, was what do you do in, in a crisis? You know, what is your sort of approach to crisis management um, for when the first big, you know, trying to anticipate, of course, storms or fires or, you know, mm -hmm. natural disasters, um, knowing that the first one would be heading into winter, that I would be facing the first one sooner or later. Um, and he said to me, the, the best thing that you can do in those situations is rely on and trust the people, the professionals who are around you, um, who are who are trained and experienced to deal with those things. So we've got, you know, we've got great people in our health department. We've got great people at Public mm -hmm. Works. We've got great people at, at fire and police who, who, regardless of what happens, they are going to be um, helping you out and they're going to be with you all the way. And your job is to put your faith in them, uh, to direct them effectively. Um, and to really then be the voice for the community and to be the conduit to the public about what's going on, even when whether the news is good or bad or if you don't even have an update yet, um, being in touch with people during times of crisis and, and letting them know um, what's going on and, and what they can expect, that's really your role. Um, and I really took that to heart. And, and you know, none of us anticipated at the time what, what type of crisis was right around the corner uh, of course, but but that has been that has been the guiding light um, all along, and and the people who we have, you know, at our senior center doing the vaccine clinics, at our health department, mm -hmm. at our schools who are doing the meal distributions every day, and, and trying to make everything work for our students. Uh, it's been a it's been a team effort all the way around, and and you know, like I said, to, to whatever extent it's been a success because we're all working together. And, and Mayor, you know, it's been a difficult time for all of our communities. And now with the vaccination rollout, if you can get an appointment, I guess, when is your hope that not only Middletown, but our entire state will get back to some sense of normalcy? Uh, I'm, I'm feeling more hopeful about that today than I was even a week ago. Uh, and that's because we've seen some really, really good news uh, for the first time in what feels like a very long time from our national government. Uh, and, and that's on vaccines and that's on, uh, and that's on direct relief for states and cities and individuals in, in our community. And, and I spent, you know, like I, we were talking earlier, I, I worked for, for five years in Senator Chris Murphy's office. And a lot of that time, unfortunately, was spent telling people what we couldn't do or what we weren't going to do um, in, in Washington. And that's what drew me, that's what drew me to local politics in a lot of ways, because I knew that, at the local level, that's where things were really getting done, where you could make meaningful change, even if it was smaller than national change. It was it was more it's it's more meaningful if it actually gets done and, and, and makes a difference in people's lives. Um, and, and so that's a big part of what brought me into local government. Um, and during the first, you know, many months of the covid pandemic, it, the states and cities really we were. We were scrambling in part because we were doing things kind of on our own. You know, there was no national strategy for PPE. There was no national strategy for economic relief and recovery. Um, we were doing our best with the limited resources that we had. And um, now we, we, have, we have resources coming our way, more so than we did before. Um, so on the vaccination front, I am, I am really hopeful, um, based on President Biden's announcement yesterday, that he's mm -hmm. expecting to have um, supply available for every American to get vaccinated, not by the end of July, which has been the original projection, 
um, but by the end of May, which means which means we have potentially a real summer <laughs> to look forward to. We have potentially um, something resembling normal um, just a few months away, and and that is still going to uh, it, that's going to be a, a fragile normalcy. It's going to be a, a normalcy that we have to still work very hard uh, to to get there uh, when it comes to actually distributing the vaccine and building the trust among people who might be wary of getting vaccinated Mm -hmm. and um, sticking with social distancing and masks until we are at that point of herd immunity, which may not come until much later this year. Um, But if we can make those reasonable accommodations, we can have um, we, we might be able to have a summer in 2021 that feels that feels normal. Um, and, and I'm also very hopeful about the fact I talked um, last week with um, with our congressional delegation in the House, Rosa DeLauro and, and John Larson, um, on the day mm-hmm. that the House passed the COVID relief bill. Um, and finally, finally, there is going to be some meaningful uh, federal relief monies coming uh, to the states and the cities, including to Middletown. It's going to help us as we navigate a very challenging budget year, all, you know, all of these expenses right. that we never mm-hmm. planned for that are associated with the pandemic. Uh, it, it looks like we're going to get the support that we need um, to not have to pass that on as, a bur- as, as another burden to our residents and to our, um, and to our taxpayers. So I'm, I'm feeling more hopeful than, uh, than I was um, even just a few days ago because it, it feels great. like the years are really starting to turn um, and, and we, can, we can see that light at the end of the tunnel getting brighter. Mm-hmm. Mayor, what are some of your other um, priorities um, right now? Good question. The great part of this job and the challenging part of this job is um, that there's that there's always another thing to be working on. <laughs> and of you course, can't, can't focus. You can't focus exclusively on crisis response because uh, you also have to be looking forward down the line. And something that I'm that I'm really excited about is our riverfront project. Um, and the development of Middletown's riverfront, uh, you know, sort of south of Harbor Park, where the old water treatment plant is, uh, something that's been talked about ad nauseum for years and yes. years. a very and long the, time, right. The future of Middletown, the future of downtown, um, many uh, proposals uh, from, you know, the practical to the, to the outlandish have, have come and gone over the years. Um, and, and we are at a sort of inflection point uh, with a lot of, work having been done behind the scenes uh, to open up that section of town for development and for, you know, uh, recreational spaces and, and, and for something uh, exciting and, and transformational. That work has really been done um, uh, over the past few years, and, and we're in an opportunity now um, where we can start making a real plan to get to get shovels in the ground, which is very, very exciting. And um, yesterday and today, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time uh, in interviews with firms that have applied to work with the city of Middletown on a, on a comprehensive master plan uh, to determine what we're going to do with our riverfront um, and, and how we're going to do it. And that's something that I said to every, <laughs> I said to every firm that applied and that's coming into interview. Uh, this is a really exciting thing for me because it's it's forward looking. It's something that, mm-hmm. um, unlike most of what I've had to deal with in my first year in office, it hasn't been crisis response. It hasn't been um, trying to triage the damage. Um, it's been looking forward to what's coming next and and you know really building something lasting for the future of the city. And uh, I think that the opportunity to get that right is a is a huge responsibility, but it's also a huge opportunity. Uh, and it's something that I've been 
you know, it's it's been at this juncture, again, as we start to look towards what comes next for a place like Middletown in the aftermath of, of a pandemic. I, I remember back in my Channel 30 days and, and we would go to Middletown and what a drastic difference. Uh, the city has, oh, it's it's just unbelievable. Oh God, I mean, the yeah. restaurants, you know, back when things were normal, you know, the nightlife, the Absolutely. restaurants, you know, the economy mm-hmm. there is just booming. The transition that has been made in that city alone is just remarkable. And I love how you said, well, we still got to keep looking forward. I think too many people have used this as an opportunity to just kind of stall progress and to stall things and, and to look ahead and say, right. this isn't going to last forever. So what's the next step it is a beautiful thing and I just I can't believe and I think a lot of this comes from too the community support that that your office and others have shown to organizations like the connection that are also addressing homelessness that are also addressing you know foster care and um, addiction services and all those things that the mental health and well-being of your community also has to be a priority. You can put in restaurants and you can put in developments, but if people aren't getting those social services that they need, it's all for nothing, right? That's right, and and it's such an important thing to, to keep in mind. Uh, and 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 so much of our history has also been, you know, kind of defined in in both uh, in both positive ways and really upsetting ways by that juncture um, where uh, between. Uh, you know what's going on on the surface, and and mm-hmm. what appears to be working, um, and what's going on behind the scenes that maybe it's easier to, to look away from. And and what I what I mean by that is you, know, you talked about the history of downtown and uh, the, the turnaround that that you know that didn't happen by by accident. Um, you know that was the concerted effort of many many people over many many years to uh, to take something that was that was not working and to make it and to try to make it work in a different way and. Um, and, and that is, you know, I think of that transformation when I talk about having to look forward because it was, it was only because people were looking forward 10, 20, 30 years ago um, that we got to the point that we've gotten to now. And we can't, we can't rest on our laurels and allow that to, to wither away um, because, of, because of an economic crisis, because of a pandemic. We have to think about, you know, what the next generation is going to be inheriting, what we're going to be leaving behind for them. But where it's important to talk about um, how we're building back, it's also important to talk about the history that got us to to a low point to begin with. Um, and one of the reasons that that business and and residents and people kind of fled downtown Middletown was because of a, a infamous incident in the early '90s um, that involved mm-hmm. somebody. Uh, from who, who had escaped from Connecticut Valley Hospital, um, and uh, a, a girl who tragically lost her life uh, in downtown right. Middletown um, when that person attacked her. Um, mm-hmm. And we we hope and and we pray um, and and we work uh, to make sure that nothing like that will ever happen again in our community. Um, but we also have to recognize that there are real issues that we continue to struggle with. Um, we had, we, we lost um, a, a recent graduate of, of Middletown High School just a few days ago um, to, to a, an opioid overdose. Uh, we are seeing significant increases as are many mm-hmm. cities um, around the country in, in domestic violence. Um, we are seeing uh, all of the challenges that, that present themselves 
related to, to poverty, uh, exacerbated by an economy that is not working for people. Um, and uh, we're seeing services like the ones that, that you provide at a connection and that we provide in our schools um, and that all sorts of other nonprofits and, and community organizations provide. Um, we're seeing more and more cutbacks and more and more pressure placed onto those organizations to do more and more with, with less and less for a population. Right. Um, that is increasingly struggling uh, with with uh, any number of things, and so a a a, a community isn't strong um, unless it's there to support its weakest members. Um, and and I say weak not as a pejorative. Um, of course, as, uh, as as you know, uh, we are all vulnerable in different ways and at different yeah. stages of our lives. That we all. Um, need help uh, just as much as we have the capacity to extend and, and give help. And, and so, you know, we have, to, we have to make sure that we are thinking about those elements that it might be, might be easier to, to, to maybe look away, um, but the but only we way can. that we're going to build that mm-hmm. successfully is, is, if we, is if we look it right in the eye and, and, and do something about it. I am really so grateful, um, Mayor Florsheim, for all the work that you've done, um, you know, when you work with uh, Chris Murphy, but also with community leaders and other members of Congress. Um, there was no doubt in my mind that you were going to hit the ground running when you, um, you know, that you were elected, and you certainly you certainly have done that. And it's, it's so clear that you love the, our beautiful city of Middletown, and clearly we love you back. Um, and I mean that. Um, you're, you know, you understand because of your background and your experience, you understand really what the needs are of Connecticut and communities. Um, you've dedicated your life to do that. And uh, you're absolutely right. At the connection, we're, our waiting lists are getting larger and larger. We're yeah. seeing, you know, more issues of homelessness. Um, you know, we run the shelter in Middletown. Um, clear, we're always, you know, up to capacity. We're seeing a large yeah. increase of opiate abuse. We're seeing yeah. a large increase, as you said, of domestic violence. Um, and, you know, certainly we, we are hoping that we're going to be able to, you know, maintain these services because our clients have, you know, um, such uh, really uh, disturbing backgrounds and history, and they need to be helped, and they deserve a second chance. And you know that many of our clients that live in Middletown that have gone through our services are giving back to the community, and they're doing really well, and services are, are greatly needed. So we, we do appreciate your support also of the nonprofits, and we're, um, I'm, ha- we're, I'm happy to be in your backyard. <laughs> I really am really grateful. Well, we're, we're super proud that, that the connection calls Middletown home. Uh, you do incredible work all over the state, and we are, we are proud of you here in town. And, and we know that, um, you know, it takes, it does, again, it takes all of us. I've talked about um, the, the food distribution event. Again, that, that took mm-hmm. investment um, at, the, at the federal level, at the state level, and the local level of government. Um, but it also, you know, would not have happened without dozens and dozens of community volunteers, both through organizations like St. Vincent's and United Way and The Connection, but also people who just heard about it and signed up and wanted to help. And, um, you know, it wouldn't, the, the funding would have been there and, and we would have gotten the boxes distributed, but we wouldn't have had, without organizations like those and without, you know, the work that nonprofits are doing, we wouldn't have had 60 people there, you know, more, more, more than, uh, more volunteers than were needed to get boxes into cars because people just wanted to help and give back. This has been a great conversation, as I like to say, continued success. And I think that your passion and your commitment uh, for Middletown 
uh, really rang true in this interview. And and as Lisa said, you know, the connection is very fortunate to have such a close relationship and such a commitment um, from the folks in the community. So thank you very much for joining us. And um, this has been a great conversation. And I'll look forward to uh, coming down to your Riverwalk one of these days. Absolutely. Looking looking forward to it and, and hope to talk more soon. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We'd love to have you back um, on the show. If there's any issues or topics you'd like to talk about, we would love to have you back. And once again, thank you so much for your you know ongoing support over the, the many years that you've been involved um, in politics. And I'm so grateful for you and the connection. We're always here for you. So if you ever need anything, Mayor, just give us a shout out and you know that we'll be there. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, and same to you, likewise. And we want to thank all of you for listening to this edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.